Los Angeles 2022. Welcome to Out on the Lanai, the only Golden Girls podcast you're ever going to need to listen to. Who am I? Oh, I I think I'm H. Allen Scott and Sadie Pines. Wow, I'm two people. What? And I'm Carrie Doherty, one person. But two hearts. No, I, there's no, I'm not going anywhere with that. Um, and this is a podcast where we used to watch an episode of the Golden Girls and then talk about it, but we ran out of episodes. So we then we broke down all 24 episodes of the spinoff, The Golden Palace. But we ran out of those episodes too. So now we do whatever the hell we want. That's right. H. Allen Scott slash Sadie Pines. Today <laughs> we are, and I love these episodes, we're doing another Beyond Golden Girls episode where we cover the many film and TV projects that B, Betty Rue, and Estelle did after the Golden Girls. And mm-hmm. today, oh boy, we got a good one. Today we are doing a Betty White project. Mm-hmm. Of course, we're talking about the 1999 delightfully odd horror monster movie lake placid I literally before we got on i was telling carrie that like this is like one of those bad good movies you know what i mean it's one of those movies that like it's it is bad like, like it's a bad movie but it's like enjoyably bad so yeah the fun thing about lake placid so first of all this movie it's basically jaws but instead of a shark in the ocean it's a giant crocodile in a lake yeah um this movie was written by mr michelle pfeiffer david e kelly the creator of ally mcdeal the practice big little lies like writer on la la um this was a (laughs) david e kelly movie Yes. I mean, it's, it's so, I, yeah, it, it just, it feel it, it's a 1999 movie. To me, it felt like it came out much earlier in the nineties. This movie, yeah, I actually, for some reason I was thinking it was part of that, like that, that, that era of like Bill Pullman was in like everything and was oddly a love interest in everything. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, like Independence like, Day, the time of like sleeping. broken arrow, angry, <laughs> like all those yeah. movies. I was yeah. actually shocked. It was 1999. Um, so this but David movie... E. Kelly is a bit of a prolific writer. I mean, David, e., like you, if you guys are interested in like TV film history stuff, look into David E. Kelly because that man has done a lot. It's sort of surprising. Oh my gosh, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the thing about this movie, it, here's the thing I really liked about it I liked the crocodile because yeah, even though it was 1999. And even though we're kind of getting more into the digital age a little bit at, at that point, a little bit more. Well, they a actually, lot more because of Jurassic Park and a lot of this film was influenced by Jurassic oh, Park. Oh, so much of this movie was influenced by Jurassic Park. You could yeah. tell. And speaking of Jurassic Park, the creator, the, the man who created yeah. the alligator was Stan Winston, who, again, like an incredibly prolific effects guy who had done Jurassic Park, like Terminator, all of these movies. So I actually, I mean, aliens, geez. Um, If you haven't seen Lake Placid, if you're not going to watch it, just Google photos of the crocodile. Um, They don't make them like this anymore. Um, You know, they built a giant practical crocodile. It looked amazing. There were some scenes that were like, you could tell the digital stuff was pretty bad. But there were other scenes where like, this replica they created was really, really interesting. And I have to admit, in watching the film, I fully, fully understood why Betty White said yes to this. And then me now, too. Betty White is of all the girls, you know, their film careers are spotty in that, you know, they they didn't really have that much. They weren't well known for their film careers. And Betty White is a bit of an exception, but primarily in her later years, because she had small appearances that she would do in small films, but then of course she did the proposal, and that was like probably her biggest movie she ever did yeah um and but and the other one too is b arthur probably had because she has mame and she has a few other films that she did in the 70s that are sort of noteworthy but other than that they really didn't do many movies so this was sort of like the first post golden girls big movie that one of the girls did 
Yes. So it's funny because a lot of people have said that, you know, I, I, I don't like to use the word comeback when we talk about like the women in their careers. Yeah. Um, I like to think of it more as like an exciting propulsion, right? So after Golden Girls, Betty did a lot of TV appearances, TV movies, but yeah. then she appeared in two studio action movies back to back, yeah. Hard Rain in 1998 and then this movie, Lake Placid in 1999. Playing very similar characters. Yes. And the thing I, and again, I was like, oh, it's interesting that she chose to do this movie. But if you it's look not. at her character, Dolores. It's so, it's so her. It's, it's so her on. It's, every, yes. It's like a mix of, mm -hmm. of, of, of Sue Ann Nivens and Rose in sort of like a, like a, and what's great about it is because it's film and television. Betty White is muted. She can't, she can't curse. She can't be necessarily overtly sexual in the way that she is in her, in her life and the way Betty White is. And this, she's cursing. She's, she's being very forward. She's like, I mean, it's kind of wild to watch. It's, I know. I don't also don't want to spoil what she says oh, yeah. because I want everybody to hear it and go oh, the way that I did. Yeah. Not only is it Sue Ann Nivens and Rose Nyland, because she definitely has that like na na naivete of Rose a little mm -hmm. bit where she's like giving them cookies and making tea yeah. and like, I'm trying to be a good host. But this was also so Betty White. Like yes. this character is in a, it is an incredibly exaggerated version of Betty White, right? Because at the at the core of this character, she is a woman who loves animals to yeah. the extreme. Oh and, and I was like, oh, that's why Betty did this. And because you know, it's, I have to it's admit a, being, an insane love for animals. Of course. And that's sort of the thing that I responded to most in sort of before we even get to talking about the film, like I I I think I watched this film when it came out. I forget. I don't remember. I remember it, but I don't remember it. You know what I mean? But Watching it today, right before we got on to record, I was sort of struck by, because I am and I've become even a bigger animal person as I've gotten older. And in watching the film, I kind of like I was like, don't shoot it. Like I was so like, don't kill it. You know what I mean? Like I was in that sort of mode, that Betty White mode of like protecting the animals, like doing the things. And it made sense why Betty White was in this. She's just playing Betty White. It's kind yeah, of wild. she really is. It's she's an exaggerated version of Betty White. It's it was absolutely incredible. All right, we have a lot to get into with this so movie. Um let's take a quick break. I'm gonna take a, a sip of my spindrift, eat a couple chocolate chips to just <laughs> get the energy up and then yeah, we're gonna dive in. Let's do it. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. One more sip. <laughs> leave all this in if you want. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> leave it in. Leave it in. Okay. All right. So, this is a movie about a bunch of people trying to locate, identify, and then stop a giant crocodile. Yeah from eating people who are going into this lake in Maine. So the What's people the difference between a crocodile and an alligator, Michael and I were trying to figure that out as we were watching the movie. And I don't know. As far as I know, it's the shape of the snout. So oh. an alligator has a more pointed snout and a crocodile has a more rounded snout. Do they hunt differently? That I don't know. That's the extent that I know is the difference. Okay. Betty would know. Betty would know. Yeah. <laughs> so the people that are um, trying to find this alligator, um, it is uh, Bridget Fonda, who's a paleontologist because- yeah. One of her um, last film appearances. I mean, she's not dead or anything, but she she sort of retired in 2002. Oh yeah, so yeah, yeah. it was coming up there. Yeah. Uh, oh, I love her. I, this yeah. movie hates women, but I loved her. I will say I hate I loved what her happened recently with Bridget Fonda in that the, the press or the 
paparazzi pictured her and she's gained weight since of course she retired and she's you know just living her life and being a normal person and they were all like can you believe what she looks like now and i'm like let her live i hate them let her live leave oh. her alone everybody hashtag leave bridget alone leave britney alone leave everybody alone leave everybody alone so bridget fonda she's a paleontologist she's going to help investigate because they had found like the tooth of the alligator because it like kills a man at the beginning yeah. of the whatever of the movie um they bring her in with bill pullman who's a fish and gaming officer uh, and then there's existed I, I i i've heard of it before and i was like i could google and see what that is but i decided uh, not to i just thought yeah. we could just be like we don't know what that is but it yeah. sounds very familiar um <laughs> so anyway so there were and then and then oliver platt um was in like, every single 90s movie with bill pullman yes oliver <laughs> oliver he's actually Oliver Platt has a little bit of scruff going on. I was like, oh, yeah. like, he's kind of good looking yeah. in this movie. And Oliver Platt is a like professor who swims with crocodiles. I, had I don't this, know. I had this reaction because one of my favorite things to do when I watch old movies or like movies from like the 90s, you know what I mean? Like when we were kids and stuff. And I like to see how old they were when they made the film. And it blows me away because I'm like the same age as Oliver Platt was when he made this film. And to me, when I was a kid, he looked like a man in his like, late 40s it is funny when you do that when everybody goes like oh you're older than the cast of friends was in season one it's because yeah it's that relative thing where you're so much younger so they seem so much older even though they're like you know in their mid-20s um so this giant crocodile is like eating people in the lake and they're like where did this thing come from so they decide to visit like the one person who lives on the lake and that is where we meet Dolores Bickerman, played by our beloved Betty White. She's so sweet. She's wearing an apron. She offers them cookies, like such Rosen Island energy. Such a perfect moment in Betty White's career, this era of Betty White. But what's weird for me is it's on she lives on a lake, right? It's like a little little house on a lake, but it's a farm. And there's I think she has a lot of land. But it didn't seem like she had a lot of land because she's lakeside. So it seemed like she was just sort of nestled in this tiny little nook within the lake. You know what I mean? It doesn't seem like she has that much land. From oh, the aerial well, shots. I was going to say from the air. I mean, from the aerial shot, it looked like there were a lot of woods around her. But I also Maybe. don't know that we saw a good view of her the house property. behind it. You also don't need a ton of land to have a little farm. Like growing up my aunt we're talking about like a backyard in massachusetts so like an acre maybe and she had a little barn and she had like three sheep and a horse and dogs and you know oh this woman has like at least 10 cows which i have a question about the cows coming up and many chickens but anyway go on so um so they go to talk to betty white basically to be like have you seen anything um they learn that her husband passed away a few years earlier and the cop who's the only person who's like from this town out of all the people searching for the crocodile he's like you know ma'am we have no record of your husband's death and i love i just love it's the weirdest thing that she says she goes oh weird oh oh my well incomplete records haunt me and then she's like just offering cookies and i was like what a bizarre thing to say um and then they're like kind of prodding her a little bit like bridget fonda's like was your husband sick you know was he attacked maybe by a giant crocodile like just asking her very personal questions um and then there's an amazing exchange where she mentions how her husband died and we have to play it Uh, mrs bickerman the reason why we're here a man was fatally attacked yesterday by some animal Lake, do you know how your husband died? Oh, yes. I killed him. You killed him? Oh, yes. Uh, and how would you have accomplished this, man? Well, he was very sick, and, and he refused to go to a doctor. He'd be coherent one day and incoherent the next. And Well, one coherent day, he asked me to end his suffering. He kept insisting and insisting, and then, well, finally, I just gave in. And I hit him on the head with a skillet, then buried him under the bulkhead. Well, dig him up if you don't believe me, Sherlock. The fact that Betty is so sassy in this, I mean, to the point where she just literally is like, I killed my husband. How about that, Sherlock? Like... It's it's almost Sophia energy. Yeah, it is kind of Sophia energy. I was also because also anytime we watch 
anything that's not the Golden Girls. I just pretend that they're the Golden Girls characters. Of course. Of course. So I was like, you know, yeah, she's probably pretty nonchalant about it, you know, just because she's killed two men in bed already. <laughs> um, so I was like, you know, it's really not that weird for her to kill a man. Um, and I feel like this is also the second time in one of these Beyond Golden Girls. I think it was, I also mentioned it in Stop or My Mom Will Shoot, um, where her talking about killing her husband with like a frying pan or something. It yeah. reminded me of Sophia trying to put Rose to sleep with Sicilian Somonix with the holding the pot up yes. over her head. Yes. Um, question for you. Oh, now, I, I already know the answer. Okay. So Betty White says, I hit him on the head with a skillet and buried him under the bulkhead. Do yeah. you know what a bulkhead is? Isn't that the thing you put in the top of a boat, the front of a boat? I don't know. No, I, that's that's why I was asking. Oh, I thought you knew the answer. Oh, I do, but I oh, was just oh, curious to know what oh, you no, thought I it don't, was. No, I don't know the answer, but I'm assuming it's the top of a boat. Well, so for me growing up, I don't know. Did you have base a basement in your house? Yes. Okay. Did you have an entrance to the basement from outside of the house? No, because I was born um, in the modern day where the basements just have a door upstairs. You go from the kitchen or something. Okay, smart ass. Well, <laughs> we had a door from the upstairs in the hallway. Yeah. But we also had a bulkhead and a bulkhead. I'm going to show you a picture of it, but it's like, it's like, think of like, like the, storm the, the, doors. Like, like the in Wizard of Oz doors. The Wizard of Oz doors. Yeah. Yes, that's a yeah. bulkhead. And Wait, we had a bulkhead. Why did you have a bulkhead on a house? I'm assuming you lived in a modern house. Yes, it was built in the late 70s. It was built in the late 70s and it had an uh, entrance to the basement like that? Yes, maybe. Oh. I don't know if it's because of hurricanes in Massachusetts, maybe. I don't if know. You need I, to get into, if I'm you need sorry. to get to the basement from the outside. I did not know that those were called bulkheads, but I will say I look at those things and I think serial killer. Mm, that's interesting because well, to me, it's like a basement is just sort of like you know it's 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 the door off whatever first floor door you have in your house like it's not or it's an, a door a regular door from outside you know what i mean oh hey wait a second i just googled bulkhead yeah so there are different types of bulkheads you mm. weren't totally wrong Oh, it's it's a dividing wall or barrier between compartments in a ship, aircraft or other vehicle. But there's also a photo of the thing I'm talking about as a bulkhead. Oh, OK. So it's the same word for two things. Yeah. But when she said she buried him under the bulkhead and says, dig him up if you want. That would be weird because the bulkhead would be a door entering a basement, correct? Or a Yeah, cellar or but if she says Unless she felt she buried him under the stairs in the set, like, because the bulkhead probably has stairs going down, I'm assuming. It so does. Like, like, so then maybe under the stairs, that I don't know. But like in the concrete. Okay, listeners, when Betty White said buried him under the bulkhead, what did you think that she meant? I mean, I literally, <laughs> stupid me, I literally was like, oh, it's probably an ornament that they put in their yard and it's like from a boat that he had that he loved that broke down or something and they they displayed this bulkhead <laughs> in the thing I, and then buried it under it. Like, I I didn't pay that much attention to it either because I was still stuck on... on I was just so it. surprised to hear the word bulkhead in anything. I didn't know that was a part of a basement thing. I did not know that. But I will say those, if since that is a basement door... Those kind of basement doors terrify me. They creep me out. Just like the bunk bed thing, right? Remember? You yes. talked about sleeping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. so up on the bottom yeah. bunks with the murder came in, they killed because probably killed the on top, top bunk. Yeah. Right, but yeah. no, like, I mean, because those, that that's just, it's inherently creepy, those doors. you, you They're open. very creepy. And even like at the end of Twister, like when, where they have to get into the basement or the bulkhead thing, the cellar, I don't know, I never have heard it called a bulkhead. And... And they like, and Helen Hunt is like holding on to the door. Or whatever. Well, isn't that, aren't they in a barn? No, they were, it was a, it was, it was a cellar like outside the home and they had to run oh. to this thing and open up that door, those two doors and then go down there. Oh, yeah. Mm. Well, anyway, the three investigate the lake further and they find a moose head in the lake and then they decide to set up camp on the lake to further investigate. Um, this is actually kind of a comedy, to be honest. So, yeah. So then Oliver Platt shows up um, and they're basically everybody keeps 
the, the question they keep asking is, we think this is a crocodile. How did it end up in a lake in Maine? Because, yeah. you know, crocodiles are really only found in like South Florida, like in the United States, at least. Um, so, OK, I want to talk about for a second. We're going to talk more about Betty, but just quick aside, Bridget Fonda and Bill Pullman's relationship in this sure. movie. I was thinking a lot about that. I mean, it's a I get it like movies like this. The B story. I feel like you have an action movie and the B story is always a love story. Yeah. Um, but the dynamic that they had, I feel like we saw so much in movies in the eighties and nineties, like speaking of Bill Pullman, it was like the same dynamic he had with Daphne Zuniga in Spaceballs, where they're opposites, right? She's prissy. She's uptight. Yeah. She doesn't like nature. He's a, you know, country, you know, boys rough around the edges. Like they fight, they're going to fuck. Like, come on. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I was just like, oh, like this is the dynamic we're going to see. Bummer. I don't know if anyone's like this, but one of my favorite, favorite Christmas movies, one of my favorite movies about a city I lived in, one of my favorite movies of all time is While You Were Sleeping. And (laughs) Bill Pullman in While You Were Sleeping. I love that movie. I I did. To me, he is so milquetoast and everything. I'm always not really impressed by Bill Pullman, but in While You Were Sleeping, be still my heart. That's probably like top three favorite rom-coms is while you were sleeping same. that i'm gonna say hope floats for me i love hope floats even though it's not really a comedy it's more of a drama but a rom drum it's a rom drum mm. what would be my third one i don't know that's hard to tell about notting hill i'm gonna say it mm, that's a good one i don't even i don't even want to try to think of the other two on my top three yeah. I just I don't even want to use that brain power right now. Although I will say I do love Last Holiday with Queen Latifah. I'm just saying. Yes, that's a good one. That's a really good one. So, um, but yeah, this movie this movie does not like women. Um, not at Bridget, all. No, Bridget Fonda. Bridget, is so Bridget Fonda. Oh, well, no, it's like it's annoying because also, they gave her like such shitty sexist material in that she plays this like badass scientist lady who should be out there and you know you know this lady's not going to be afraid of work. i wanted her to be laura dern in jurassic park yeah, so badly you know it and they made her this like meek sort of like scaredy cat and i'm like she wouldn't be that and like and on and like fine fine if that's going to be the character fine but i didn't like like there were just so many like sexist jokes and again it was the time whatever but like they they tell her she, they're you know they're gonna camp out on the lake and they're like we're gonna sleep in tents and she's like tents like come on like there were I mean, mosquitoes everywhere like and the be. guy and the sheriff is like oh boy we didn't bring any feminine napkins and then she gets hit Bridget Fonda gets hit by not one but two severed heads in this movie yeah. hit her body physically made contact with her body and she freaks out and then are like okay hysterical woman calm down I'm like yeah. a it's human a head. head. She's a paleontologist. She works with bones. Yeah, anyway, that's no. an, that's all I'll say about that. I was definitely kind of bothered by all that. But I mean, I I didn't I will say I am surprised. I was surprised to see Brendan Gleason in this. He plays the sheriff and, or he's the sheriff. Yeah, he's the sheriff. And he is up. He's in a big movie this year. I forget the name of the movie now, but it's a big Oscar contender. Oh, it's, a, it's an Irish film. Oh, yeah. So, you know, this film's relevant. <laughs> sure. So, so the banshee um, inertion inertion is the film. all right. So uh they all decide to investigate the lake. Yeah. Um they, they, they go notice... they go out in canoes. Yes. So the thing about this is that like they know that this thing has killed a man who was mm-hmm. you know in the water. They know it ate a moose, but yeah. they're like, Yeah, we're probably gonna be safe in a canoe. Yeah. Uh it of course flips them over. But then they find out they can't get more help until they prove that there's a giant crocodile. So then they decide to do something a little safer, um, which is scuba dive, which is yeah, definitely it's not, not safer safe at all. None of it's safe. And of course, there's a crocodile attack. I, I don't like I did feel bad for that crocodile in that attack because like it's a big I mean, how they said it was like 30 feet long. It's a big crocodile, but mm-hmm. it only got the guy's head. That's like that's like eating one chip for a crocodile. Mm, yeah. You no, know, and you don't yeah. just eat one chip. No. No. No, you're still hungry. That's so hard to just eat the one. Yeah. She needs you a know? leg. She needs an arm. Like, you know what I mean? She needs Yeah. Something. Let her have the bag. Yeah. Let her if, have if the, the bag. Head's gone. Let her have the rest of it for God's yeah, sake. Yeah. Like nobody's, I mean. Yeah. So yeah, there's an alligator attack. Um, then there's another, or sorry, crocodile attack. 
And then there's another great crocodile attack um, where they're all on the land and they're about to get attacked by a bear. But then yeah. the bear is pulled that into the lake cool. by the crocodile. That was probably, besides every single Betty White line that she uttered in this mm -hmm. film, that was probably the coolest moment of the film. And that was like the first time they actually see the crocodile, like yeah. the full body, the full scope of what they're looking at. So again, it's this movie is a lot like Jaws in Jurassic Park. It's like Jaws in that you get these little peaks of the of jaws you see the fin or whatever and then you see the the, the actual you, yeah. see, you see the shark and you're like oh shit that thing's huge yeah. um so that was fun again throughout this whole movie in between scenes of getting eaten by the giant trying to get eaten by the giant crocodile everyone keeps saying how did it get here how did yeah. it get here so then they see betty white mm -hmm. uh she doesn't see them She's at her house. She's leading a blindfolded cow down to the water. Which is so what Betty White would do. And she's like, come and get it. And then the crocodile eats the cow. Okay, here's my thing. Yes. So I was thinking about this because she lives on this farm in yes. an isolated area where yes. she's not trucks, massive trucks delivering baby calves are probably not coming that often. She, of course, is probably having to reproduce her stuff. I, I don't know how long she's had these cows on her farm, but I'm assuming a while. And it looks like she has maybe 10 cows on the farm. Now, this crocodile has had to have ate many different animals provided by Betty White over the years to have mm. provided for keeping this crocodile sort mm -hmm. of satiated for as long as her husband's dead and all these years, you know? So where are these cows coming from? Because I'm, I'm Googling how often do crocodiles eat? <laughs> wow, about 50 full meals a year, but that's the average. So that's it's like one full meal a week. So, so yeah, so yeah that's so a lot. Gonna, she had to provide a cow once a week, basically, for mm -hmm. this this crocodile. I don't, did they ever name the crocodile? Because they should have. What would you have named it? Rose. <laughs> <laughs> because it's clearly, I mean, we learn, I, I well, no spoiler, but we learn potentially the gender of the crocodile at some point in the film. And so I would, I would probably name it, I would name it Rose. That's beautiful. Right? Yeah. And she cares for Rose, you know, but, but I, I, there's a flaw. I'd name her Croc, Croc Bessie, like Count Bessie. And that <laughs> was bad. You can cut, you should cut that part out. And she'd wear the Crocs all the time. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I just had to pull out the Crocs that I'm wearing. Um, But yeah, I, I mean, for David E. Kelly, if you watch a David E. Kelly project, there aren't many holes. You know, David E. Kelly, big little eyes. There's no holes. Like, he fills them. He finds the holes and he fills them. This is a hole he forgot to fill. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really great question. Yeah. yeah. Um, so every, they're, they're down there talking to Betty White again. Yes. And basically like, hey, why are you feeding the crocodile? Um, and the cop had a he says to betty he says well first of all she's throwing like chicken feed from a bucket onto the yard you're are you okay right now you're having a moment what's happening i have never been more excited for a clip to be played on this podcast than the clip you are about to set up i have never been more excited yeah i think i'm excited too so the cop says to betty we should tell Peta how you treat your cows which i was like boom Pita mentioned, yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm dying to see how many projects Betty White does post Golden Girls, where there's some kind of mention oh. of Pita yeah. or animal cruelty. Yeah. Um, so we, it, it is revealed. Betty White tells them she's been feeding this crocodile for six years. Um, and I think we should just play the clip. Let's play the clip. How long have you been feeding this thing? Six years. <laughs> Six years. Well, Bernie was off fishing and it followed him home. So we threw it some scraps. Well, he didn't seem to bother anybody. He became kind of like a, a pet who lives in the wild. He just appeared. You have no idea how he arrived here. No, do you? Ma'am, your husband Bernie, you didn't by any chance lead him to the lake blindfolded. If I had a dick, this is where I'd tell you to suck it. Oh, my God, I let me tell let me let me, I want everyone to know right now. I have saved that clip. I am posting that clip. It will be a pinned clip on my profile forever until the until Instagram goes away. That line, that line of her saying, if I had a dick, I'd tell you to suck it right now 
that will be that's going to be my ringer on my phone. It was so I so good gasped. I gasped. It is the coolest thing I've ever heard any of the girls say. I'm like, it's just so good. I absolutely gasped. Um, (sighs) uh, Yeah, I was like, Jesus Christ. Um, (laughs) It was so good. It was so so good. And you know, but what was so good about it was it wasn't just her the way she it wasn't just her saying that line. It was that she said the well, first off, let me just reenact this for a second. So she had the camera came just on her face, right? Mm-hmm. But it wasn't even just on her face. It was in the back of her face. And then she did the whole, she turned around. She turned into frame. And then, wait, oh, wait. And then she said the line, and you think that's it. You think, okay, that's iconic enough. You don't need anything more. No. She adds a nice little, like, you know, like like a little nod with her eyes kind of thing. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's so subtle, but it's so perfect, and it just it's lands it. So good. It's so good. And of course, like just after you've caught your breath after laughing so hard at that moment, then she says this to the cop. Murders and rapes in the cities? People bomb planes? Can the police stop them? No, but feed one little cow to a crocodile. You're gonna stay right here until the police show. You're under full house arrest. Thank you, Officer Fuckmeat. It's just... What? What, what are you? What even is that? I don't even know what that is. I don't know what that is either. Fuck Thank you, Officer Fuckmeat. I mean, it is just so perfect. Thank you, Officer Fuckmeat. Literally, and I'm gonna get. I'm, I'm gonna express my political views here, and these are only my political views. But Betty White has just said everything that I have kind of always wanted to say to some police officers over the years who have done very bad things that we've all seen. And not all, not all, not all, but some. And Betty White has just spoken the lines that I would want to say if I was in the situations. I mean, it was there is no stopping this sweet old woman. I am obsessed Mm -hmm. this with these because literally, okay, I'm going to give you everyone. If you want to go to this line in the film, just go to the 52 minute mark and you'll hear the dick line and then go to the 53 minutes. Just keep watching. Keep watching the whole moment. But it's in those moments that you will say forever and ever. And she finally admits that like, yeah, okay, I didn't kill my husband with the skillet. The crocodile killed my husband after a horse got out of the barn. Her, you know, the horse went to go drink at the lake. Her husband tried to intercept it from the crocodile, but she loves animals so much that even after it killed her husband, she didn't report it because she knew they'd kill the crocodile. And like that, my friend is an animal lover. I mean, it's, it is irresponsible. It's very incredibly, incredibly. And it does put, I mean, even though I am a insane animal lover and I would not want this animal to be killed, it did, it, I, I, there is something, I don't know how animals really work, but there is something about like, once an animal does attack a human, there is sort of, it has like a propensity to possibly attack again, or like it has, you know, like those wild animals. And so I understand the need that she probably should have done something because it then this is the point, it's dangerous. And she says to the cops, this is his lake now, like, <laughs> which is so true. Mm-hmm. So, but the question that is still unanswered is they ask Betty, they're like, do you know where this came from? She's like, I don't know where it came from. So it's still unanswered. Yeah. Uh, then the giant crocodile attacks a helicopter, which, was um, pretty, which I mean, oh, there was a line in that scene it has nothing to do with Betty, but it was one of those lines that I literally rolled my eyes so hard the female police officer is talking to oliver platt who's about to jump in the water to oh played by meredith salinger yes and also we didn't mention at the top of this film a surprise appearance from uh mariska hartigay yes mariska hargitay is at the very beginning of this very beginning very beginning it's wild um but anyway so the cop in this scene not mariska um says that she'll have sex with Oliver Platt just to keep him from getting in the water. And I'm just like, oh my God, come. Oh, they on. comment on her body. Like, I'm so telling much. you, this movie hates women. And even, um, even her, her suit, her police officer suit was so tailored to show off her boobs and stuff. And I was just like, this would not happen in this community. They would not have a tailored suit for this woman. So, so in order to catch um, the crocodile, they realize they're going to have to lure it. And yeah. this is a big nod to Jurassic Park where they take one of Betty White's cows and they put it on a harness and it's being carried out over the water by a helicopter. 
And while Betty White is yelling at them, she goes, you're all cocksuckers. I knew it at first. I just didn't want to say it. Now, what's funny about this scene is that, again, a lot of these effects, a lot of the stuff was done practically. So while they're shooting the scene, there is a real helicopter in the air near them. And it's very loud. So it's clear that these lines of dialogue were ADR'd, meaning yeah. that after the movie was shot, they had to go it. into a booth yeah. and record the lines. So now I, I want you to just close your eyes for a second. Picture, <laughs> picture Betty White going into a booth <sighs> in, 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 in North Hollywood with yeah. her little tea and them pulling up the picture of the scene. Probably insisted on Burbank. With maybe Burbank. Yeah. And they give her the, the lines of the script and she's watching it and they go, okay, Betty, so you're going to say, you're all cocksuckers. <laughs> I knew it at first. I just didn't want to say it. Oh. And then Betty said it and they said, that was great. Can you just give us three more in a row? Somewhere in this world on a file, there lives Betty audio at the very least of Betty White doing this. Yes. And if, and her coming in and be, being super polite to everybody and they're rolling and she's asking about how are your kids? Yeah. How are your kids? Oh, we're right. Okay. You're all cocksuckers. <laughs> like just picture that. I loved it so much. Oh, that's such a good visual. Wow. They also, again, I mean, I'm sure that Betty made sure that there were animal handlers. Everything oh, was being course. done by the books, but yeah. they put a cow in the water in a harness and it was like kind of thrashing around like they were lifting her up and down she did not seem to enjoy it no well i mean would you no but i'm like why did they do that i mean i don't know i'm sure so while this is all going on betty does have another kind of cute moment she's sitting with another cop um in at her house and she's pouring tea i just love she's always giving cookies pouring tea And she says, I'm rooting for the crocodile. I hope he swallows your friends whole. Which, and then, uh, frankly, I'm kind of with her. She, I mean, she's upset. They took her cow. They're going after this crocodile. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I'm so then this her. was. I, mean, I don't like how they're handling this. And we'll see mm-hmm. at the end of the scene how, how ruthless they can be with this crocodile. So, yeah. So they end up like the crocodile like crashes through the helicopter and it's kind of like sticking through it like perpendicularly um then they tranquilize it and then some people are like kill it and other people are like no that's an animal um but then all of a sudden holy shit there's suddenly another crocodile that like jumps out of the water but then they shoot it and it explodes and then it's It's, like okay i mean i get why they needed to shoot that crocodile but i was also kind of like oh because then we later learn I mean, we can fast forward through Bill. Paul. Well, we're almost at the end of them. I mean, we're skipping all of these romantics. They were so <sighs> what a snooze. Literally. Um. So they pack up and I guess like the crocodile is just going to be relocated somewhere. Yeah, I don't know what they never explain what they're actually going to do with the crocodile. I think they say I, I thought they said something about like moving it to like Oregon. I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention, to be honest. Yeah. So but the very end of the movie not only learn something about the crocodile but we also learn that betty white's amazing she the movie ends the final shots of this movie so cute she walks to the end of the her dock on the farm on the lake I think she's barefoot but i, can, I don't know she is because i was like oh her toenails are painted that's really cute yeah. She sits on the edge. She dangles her feet in the water and throws pieces of bread like you do to the ducks into the water and like six tiny baby crocodiles one by one come up. Nibble on mommy's toes. So fun. So adorable. And you know what? It is so 1000% what Betty White would do. 1000%. Yep. And what's fun about that is that it's, you know, I mean, they could have been setting it up for a sequel, which actually I think there was a sequel. There was, was there? a sequel. It's Yeah, there was another Lake Placid, um, but I don't know. I have no idea if it's like a proper sequel in it's the same lake. Um, uh, this movie, I mean, this movie. You're made right. There was. There was. Plenty, a yeah, there was actually there was more than that. There was um, a sequel, Lake Placid three as well. And then wow. also Lake Placid, the final something. So it, it, it had a few films. So, yeah, so Betty is, I mean, I guess I think I don't know that they ever explain how the crocodile ended up in that lake. 
Yeah. But we know that there are more of them and that she's continuing movie, to feed them. This movie got a sequel on a film that grossed worldwide, worldwide, mm-hmm. um, 56 million. Yeah, but I do think that it made money. I looked it up initially. Um, it did it. Okay. It did okay because internationally, I think it did pretty good. It made its money back and then some. It was profitable, I believe. I guess. I mean, fifty-six million on a thirty-five million dollar budget. I don't know if that's. Somewhere. It's still. It's a profit. It's a profit, I guess. But I hope. I hope Betty got a couple million of that. No, I don't know that she got that much. She probably didn't. But she um, got at least a million, maybe. Mm, I think so. No. Oh, no. No, I don't think so. Because remember, this is this is her like second, probably studio movie since she was famous. I don't know. I don't know how yeah. much she would have gotten, but yeah. well, she got. I'll tell you, I I rented this for two dollars and ninety nine cents. So somewhere, Betty White's estate's getting a couple of pennies from me. Yeah, they may get some residuals from that the estate. Um. So yeah, that was the movie. It was like I said. It was, and I I I'll, I will freely admit here, I am a huge fan of bad good movies. I am like there is something about a bad movie that I just find so enjoyable now not like a horrible film like a like a film that is just like really hard to watch bad Mm -hmm. i don't like those but i liked ones that have a redeeming quality to it but it just goes amiss somewhere Mm -hmm. along the way there's a great film um oh it's called oh what did you think about the movie i'm gonna find the name of this movie sure well you find it well here's what i'll say is that if you're looking if you decide to watch this movie and you're just chomping at the bit like a crocodile um, to hear more about it, um, I it, you should listen to the How Did This Get Made podcast episode where they do like Placid. I don't know what season it was, um, but that's a podcast I've been listening to since like 2011. It was like early, early on podcast. Um, and I'm sure a lot of you listen to How Did This Get yeah, Made, but they do a really, a really great, I, it might be a live show of like Placid and it's fun. Really? So if you want to, if you want to just hear, you know, some comedians takes on great, bad movies. Um, I would, I would definitely listen to that as a follow-up. I have a recommendation that is not a Golden Girls Connected movie, but it is a very, very good bad movie. And it is called Unconditional Love. It stars Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates. And when I tell you that this movie is so good bad, it, is, it, it, it came straight to DVD. It didn't even make it to theaters. It was directed by PJ Hogan. It was after his big, you know, My Best Friend's Wedding and all of those movies. Like, that actually might be one of my favorite rom-coms too. Um, I love that one. But it, the, so this is a description. When Grace's husband leaves after 25 years, she flies to England for her singer, her, her favorite singer's funeral, basically, an idol. And she meets her singer's lover, a man, which she's surprised by, and they return to Chicago to do what? Hunt down the idol's killer because there's a serial killer, a crossbow killer in the city of Chicago. And she has a daughter-in-law who is a little person and Kathy Bates and Rupert Everett as the lover of the singer, and they all have to stop this serial killer. It is the most insane film I've ever seen in my that life. That is such a convoluted yes. plot. And it is one of my favorite films of all time. It is so bad good. I can't even tell you enough how much you need to watch that film, Carrie, and everyone else. It is so bad good. Okay, well. I love it. I love it. I own it. I will forever own it. And I implore you, if you've watched it, please, please, please DM me because I need other people to watch this movie. Okay. Well, unconditional love. There it is. 2002. All right. Um, But yeah, overall, I think for this movie, it's like I said, I think the crocodile looks really great. I think I loved the, they built a practical crocodile, the action sequences, all the stuff with the crocodile, all of the attack crocodile attacks. Those were all very, um, those were fun to watch and Betty scenes were fun to watch. I did not care for any of the Bridget Fonda, Bill Pullman romance scenes. It's one of those films that, you're at your home on a Saturday. You have TNT on. The Friends Marathon just ended and this weird movie started and you're building a Lego set with one of your kids and it just happens to be on. And sometimes you look up from building the Lego set to watch a crocodile jump out of the water and you're like, mm-hmm. that's cool. Back to the Legos. Like it's that kind yeah, of movie. It's that kind of movie. That's a really great way to describe it. Yeah. Um, should we take a break and come back with some golden takeaways? Yes, we should. Let's do it. 
with our golden takeaways, which is a nugget of truth or inspiration that you can apply to your life or the lives of our listeners. Carrie, what is your golden takeaway from this episode? My GT from Lake Placid is this. So as you all know, I am now a mother. I was not a mother when this podcast started. I was not a mother when this podcast ended, but I am now a mother. I am now, I'm now a mother since the podcast has been, um, what do I say? I don't want to call it a comeback. What did I say? An exciting propulsion. It was relaunched. Relaunched is a good way. So as a mother, I learn a lot of nursery rhymes, songs, (laughs) some that I know from my own childhood, some that I don't. And I sing row, row, row your boat a lot to little Oreo because she likes to pretend to do the rowing. Yeah. And that's adorable. I just want to say not a lot of people realize that similar to the theme song of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, there is a second verse of Row, Row, Row Your Boat. Is it? And it goes like this. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. And if you see a crocodile, (gasps) don't forget to scream. Now. That is not. Where did you learn that? The person who it is known just Google it. I mean, I believe you. Wow. Whoever came up with this is a genius. You know why? Because you're teaching people at a young age to alert those around you when you are in trouble and need assistance. If yeah. you see a crocodile, because as we know from watching this motion picture, crocodiles eat you. If they <laughs> want to. So I'm just saying what a great lesson for me to teach little Oreo. I teach her things like icky sticky bubble gum and how if you blow bubbles, they can get sticky on your hands and then your hands might stick to your belly. You know, just these life lessons that we are teaching. Avoid crocodiles. The, the, you know, we're teaching the leaders of our future. What's your golden takeaway, H. Allen slash Sadie Pines? I honestly don't know if I can top that one because that was a pretty great golden takeaway, I must say. Um, But my golden takeaway is I was actually thinking about this earlier today that I love. So we're recording this just a little peek behind the scenes. We're recording this on Halloween night, boo. (laughs) But we. Happy Halloween. I hope you all voted. Oh, wait, no. Voting is. (gasps) Okay. You do your golden takeaway. And then we have a third golden takeaway. Okay. Um, I was just going to pull up my ballot. I have my my, my ballot right here. Um, uh, Yes. So my, my golden takeaway is I was just thinking. So I love. I love Halloween. I love the fall season. I love all the holiday stuff. Even though I'm Jewish, I still love all the like the Christmassy stuff and the Hanukkah stuff. And I love all of those things. And I was thinking about this earlier. I was like, oh, I kind of can't wait for Halloween to be over so I can get into like my holiday movie vibe. You know what I mean? And I can watch my holiday movies. And then seeing Bill Pullman tonight and remembering that he is in one of my favorite holiday movies of all time. Like I said, while you were sleeping, I think tomorrow I'm going to treat myself to a viewing of while you were sleeping. And I hope all of you I get into that. holiday spirit with me after you watch, you know, Lake Placid, of course, and you also watch while you were sleeping and let me know what you think about it. I just, there's a line in it where she's like pulling it up, pulling the tree up, and she's like, I should have gotten a blue spruce, they're lighter. And I say it all the time. I don't know why, she, the way she says they're lighter, I just, I, I say the it's lighter all the, like I say it that way, the way Sandra Bullock says it. It's a very funny way to say the word lighter. Yeah. I can't even do it the way you did it. That's very funny. Um. All right. Addendum to our golden takeaways. Everyone, it is so important to get out and vote or vote by mail, however you're voting. Now, I know a lot of our listeners live in Los Angeles, maybe also just live in California outside of Los Angeles. The midterms are happening all across the country in state, local and elections. So they're everywhere. Yes, of course. And I know like some of these, um, you know, uh, some of these things on the ballots, especially when you look at like, um, you know, court of appeals or appellate judges, all, all these things, you're like, ah, gosh, I don't know who to vote for. I'm saying right now, if you're in Los Angeles, if you're in California, DM me if you are looking for a progressive voter guide and you don't know where to get one. And that's how you choose to vote. DM me on Instagram or on Twitter. I will be checking them for the next week and I will happily send you some really helpful progressive but guides. Even if you're not know- in Los Angeles, even if you're not in Los Angeles, it is, in, I can't tell you, because I used to work in politics, as maybe some of you know. And one of the things that I will always say is the federal elections and the state elections are very important and they matter. Of course they matter. We, we see the ramifications of why they matter in our da- daily lives. But 
the local elections, the city councils, the mayors, the Supreme Just Court justices for the state, all of these things matter, in my opinion, so much more than the federal elections. Now, you should vote in all of them, but you really should focus on the local elections because that's the bread and butter stuff that affects literally your daily life. And so mm-hmm. you do your research, look into who's running for city council and what they stand for or running for mayor and what they stand for and like vote in those elections because that's the first step to creating change if you're angry about something. Yes, change. You change, make the change locally and then you yeah. make the change on a bigger scale. That's exactly yep. right. So do your digging, ask your friends, Try to find recommendations. Try to find endorsements. Go to the candidates. Take your time to do this. Don't wait until the night before to be like, I'm going to look something up. Take the time. Read these candidates' statements. Go to their websites. Really arm yourself with that knowledge so you can be empowered when you drop your ballot off at the ballot box. And if you do, if you are aware of the issues in your local community and you have opinions or things that you feel comfortable sharing, maybe sharing sort of like not so much who you voted for, but your thoughts on sort of the things in the in the local area. And maybe that'll help other people form opinions or help them get information about the election, like sharing about the progressive voter guide or sh- I mean, there's no harm in sharing something like that. And it doesn't necessarily say how you're voting, but it is just sort of information that people can find useful on social media. So definitely share, share if you if you're if you're comfortable sharing, share it. Yes, absolutely. Well, OK, I'm it. glad we got that. I'm glad we did, we did that. We did it. We watched Lake Placid. We survived. Uh, thank you all so, so much for listening and continuing to send us uh, messages on social media. We always love hearing from you. And we will catch you here uh, next week for more Golden Girls Great Ass. And guys, you can follow Hoo Ha because we're a part of Hoo Ha on everything. And where can they find us on social media? Well, I can tell you. On Twitter, you can follow us at Golden Girls Pod. On Instagram, we're out on the Lanai official. And on Facebook, we are Golden Girls Pod. And I am Sadie Pines and H. John Scott on everything. And please, you need to go to my account and just like watch the video of Betty White saying, if I had a dick, this is where I tell you to go suck it. Like, watch that video a million times and share it because I'm posting it the second this episode drops. The second it drops. If if finally Aaron's um, gospel remix of uh, the Golden Girls theme song wasn't my ringtone, I would make that my ringtone. But uh, Aaron's gospel remix of the Golden Girls theme song has been my ringtone for years. And I don't think I'm ever going to change it. Um, I am Squidzy on Instagram and Squid Eat Squid on Twitter. And if you all have a moment, please rate and review us wherever you get the podcast, because the more ratings we get, the more the show will get bumped up, the more people will discover it and join our lovely kick-ass community of Golden Girls fans. Yay! And as always, remember, stay golden! Stay golden! And safe from crocodiles. And boat! Boat!